102.5 FM, KXSFLP, San Francisco, and KXSF.FM. You're tuned in to Spark, informing minds, inspiring ideas, igniting innovation. Let the conversation sink into your soul. This is Kelly Marlowe, host of Spark. Today I'm talking with Rihanna Knight, CEO of Team Timbuktu, who is creating fashion through using recycled plastic in her sustainable athletic wear line. We will be talking about the trend of sustainable fashion and what this looks like. Okay, thank you for joining me on Spark today, Rihanna. Thanks so much for having me, Kelly. Really excited to be here. Tell us what Team Timbuktu is, its mission and product line. Absolutely. So we're a sustainable outdoors brand. We believe the best things that happen in life happen outdoors. And so we really want to inspire and encourage women to get outdoors because we see the gap in the market right now. Like there's no brand that's inspiring people to get outdoors without trying to achieve peak performance. Like you don't have to go and climb Mount Everest or anything. We don't really care if you're walking your dog around the block or if you want to go for an overnight hike or something, but we're there to encourage that. And so we do that through our product line of sustainably made um, active wear raincoats, technical apparel, um, which I guess is where we'll be expanding in the future. I guess we're also a bit grounded in reality that we know women love active wear, so your leggings and tights, and that's what we wear, even if we are going on a seven-day hike anymore. So I think like the outdoors industry haven't caught up digitally how people experience purchasing and then also what people are wearing like people don't want to wear baggy hiking pants with seven pockets in them anymore so I think we're just like the modern alternative to the outdoors industry you have a clear vision or mission it's not just about athletic wear Mm -hmm. and about outdoors right yeah there's something bigger that you have in your mind. So can you talk about that and the values that are so important in terms of shining through what you're doing? Yeah, absolutely. So I think I've just always been connected to the outdoors. Um, I grew up going on camping trips with my family. I started doing overnight hikes by myself when I was about 18 years old. Um, I've traveled semi-extensively and done a lot of hiking overseas. South America, I think, was a really big game changer for me. Like I think most people go to a lot of those countries, um, like Chile and uh, Peru and Bolivia, and they're like, I want to go and um, eat and party and do lots of fun traveling things. Sort of all I wanted to do when I was over there was go hiking. So I was like hiking up like volcanoes and glaciers and just these incredible, incredible places. Um, but I was really self-conscious about what I was wearing, which Typically, like, I I hate photos of myself. I'm just not keen on it. But I was in this beautiful place and I was really frustrated by what I was wearing. Like, it didn't reflect my style or my values within sustainability. So I thought there has to be an alternative out there. And if there's not, like, I need to create it because surely I can't be the only one with the problem. But, yeah, I guess everything's just grounded in my personal values. It's like I don't think you should create a product that creates harm upon people or planet just because you were born in one country as opposed to a different country doesn't mean I should take advantage of your looser labor laws. Like you should be paid a living wage. You should be making a product that doesn't cause unnecessary harm to the waterways or to 
like the crops if you're growing a natural fiber or if you are creating a synthetic fiber, like using more sustainable materials, kind of complex, but essentially just like minimize your harm and do good things because obviously the world isn't a great, it isn't in a great place environmentally. So we need to go and make change, um, which a lot of industries uh, I think are starting to come to terms with. But I think one of the best ways that you can do that is if you create connection with the outdoors, then you'll see it's worth caring for. And it wouldn't make any sense if I was like, hey, go outdoors, wear this product. It has a direct negative impact on the outdoors. So I think it's just trying to bundle all those things up into a beautiful brand that people can connect and relate to and then inspire them to be better and to reduce their impact as well. I completely agree. If you love the outdoors, you should want to protect it. And I'm always surprised when people are enjoying the outdoors and not protecting it. And I'm thinking that makes no sense whatsoever. Absolutely. And then you see like people like throwing out trash from like a car window or in a hike or something. And it's like, there's just, there's no thought as to what happens after that. Like there's probably not going to be a park ranger there that's picking up your trash. Like, that will affect like the animals that live there or go into the waterways and like there's just longer reaching impact than you might think about, which I guess is kind of what's happening within fashion at the moment. It kind of happened within fast food five or 10 years ago. There's becoming this whole realization that these clothes just don't appear in shops. Like people make them every piece of every piece of clothing in the world is handmade, whether or not it was assisted with a machine. Um, and so it's like, the fabric was created somewhere from some form of materials. The garment was sewn by quite a few different people and it's had like quite a complex supply chain to get to the shop. But now people are wondering like, oh, like where did it come from? What's it made out of? Like who made my clothes? Which I think is a really exciting point for the industry to finally be at. Yes, to have the consciousness is definitely new. And it is really great to see that people care and they're thinking about it a bit more. I think what's interesting is with technology speeding up the process of fashion and delivery of it, you have said that fast fashion is the new single use plastic. What is going on in the fashion industry that's creating sustainable challenges from what you're seeing? Yeah, it's really interesting because on one hand, like sustainable fashion is growing, which is incredible. There's more awareness for it. There's more demand for it. But then on the other hand, like fast fashion is still increasing at an exponential rate, especially like if you look at some of the um, deals that were on for Black Friday, it was a particular very well-known fast fashion brand that had 99% off and it was across their entire website. Already they were selling clothes that were made from conventional polyester for about 5 or $10. And so with 99% off, it was honestly about like $0.05 cents or something to purchase a dress or a jacket or jeans or whatever it was. So it's just like you can't – I understand you're a fast fashion retailer, so you have access to hundreds of millions of dollars. So it's a loss-leading campaign like – you're clearly not making any form of profit. You're not covering your costs. But even if you are selling a T-shirt for $5 in the first place, it costs $5 to start with. That means like the fabric was probably made for a dollar. The person who sewed the garment was honestly paid maybe 20 cents, if that. And 
there's a lot of work to create that garment. Like it's, you can't just like press a button and it's done. Like you've got, even in a t-shirt, you've got your side seams, you've got your sleeves, you've got to cut the material, you've got to sew on the pocket, you've got to sew on the trims and labels and package it and quality check it. And there's all these processes that take time and skill, but they're not being um, properly recognized or respected, I guess. So yeah, it's just, it's really worrying that fast fashion is still growing so fast and there is still so much demand for it. But then I think the issue is like fashion has really complex supply chains and really long lead times because especially for the larger retailers, like they might, with their raw materials, they might be working off like two or three years in advance, but then they also, depending on the company, they might be pumping out new styles within two to three weeks. If they saw a celebrity wear it, then they want to create a knockoff of it. So then I think it's just this really interesting dynamic where people are trying to promote slow fashion and eco-conscious product that does minimize harm. And then some other companies in the world are saying like, buy, 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 consume more. It's cheap. It doesn't matter if you never wear it. So then I think if you're a consumer that's not educated within the industry, which is a majority of people, like they don't know anything about fabrics or they don't know anything about the supply chain. So it can just be tempting to get caught up in that. Oh, like it's on Black Friday, it's only $10 or whatever it is. And so then you don't have that thought of how did that fabric get here or what's the like, the motivations behind the company aside from making profit. But I can't see that. If you're young and you can buy a skirt for 5 or $10, definitely it's a draw, right? And you can then toss it away the next week and then you can buy yeah. yourself another outfit. And when is the price of a latte or a mocha? I could see mm-hmm. the draw to do that. But my understanding is that most of it is made from polyester, which then uses quite a bit of petroleum. Yeah, absolutely. So I think the fact that there isn't that base level of knowledge within fabric or clothing anymore makes a real difference. Like most think 65% of the fabric in the world is polyester, which is insane because that's derived from petroleum. So people are literally wearing oil or plastic when you think about it, but they just don't know if you ask someone else like, oh, what's your t-shirt made out of? They'd probably say, I don't know. And then they might guess it cotton when in reality it's polyester. So they don't know what harmful impact they're having just because there isn't that awareness anymore. And so then especially within marketing, if they're saying like, buy this skirt, wear it for the weekend, or you'll just get into the mindset of thinking, I'll buy these 10 things. I don't even care if I wear them. Like at least I've got the choice in my home. Can't be bothered returning them. I'll throw them in the closet. And then three years later, I'll probably chuck it out. And it's still got the price tag on it. It's like so many resources were used to create that garment in the first place. And you haven't even worn it. It's like there's just so much negative impact created. Yeah, then this thought I had was, besides the petroleum, you have the carbon, right? Added on layer of greenhouse effect that we have to be concerned about. Yeah, and because think about trying to process oil into fabric. Like it's clearly not a one or two step process. And so that process is incredibly consuming. Um, (laughs) Like it's not good for the environment. And then when you think about like fabrics are typically made perhaps in China or or somewhere 
probably in a totally different country to where the garment is sewn and then it's shipped halfway across the world to wherever it's being perhaps sent from the warehouse and then maybe even shipped to another country again. There's a lot of processes, let alone like the whole, maybe if you are growing fabric or non-organic cotton or something like there's a lot of processes, especially actually trims and labels. And there's just so many processes within the supply chain and when the pressure is for it to be cheap or for it to get to the customer fast, like you have to sacrifice on something. Like you can't do best quality fabric and least environmental damaging processes and still get the best price. So a lot of retailers then push a uh, place of pressure on reducing the unit price. So then their margin is what they need it to be and their end price is still dirt cheap for the customer. So then you're sacrificing your environmental impact there creating more carbon if you're using air freight more than you need to like that creates so much carbon actually an interesting fact like the fashion industry it creates more co2 emissions than all international flights and maritime shipping worldwide which is that fact was from before covid so when the world operated where you just fly into a city for a day or you'd travel for two weeks interstate or internationally each year or just where there was so much travel and so many emissions and the fashion industry is so much worse than that, which is pretty frightening. Interesting. You've said that the average lifespan of high street clothing is seven wears, which isn't much. How do you define sustainable fashion then? Yeah, I think that stat was from McKinsey report. There's some, yeah, there's some really horrifying stats out there. But for me, sustainability is both like the ethics. Uh, so the people that are involved in creating the product and then also the fabric or environmental impact. Some people define ethics as the people than sustainability more as like the product or the planet side of things. But I think we're also living in a world now where the two words are really just intertwined and you can't have one without the other. So it's got to start with your fabrics as a starting place like that you're creating you're creating product that's quality and durable and is designed to be loved and used for years as opposed to days or hours. We really need to reduce our overconsumption because it can never be sustainable even if everyone in the world was wearing hemp. We just consume way too much. There's a consumption problem. There's a problem within our fabrics using synthetic fabrics when you don't need the performance element and you're just making it because it's the cheapest cost. Then there's also within the labor of the garment, making sure it's like ethically accredited and that the workers are looked after and treated in like a safe and humane way where you have the same human rights as you would in any other country. Um, and that they're just looked after and it's a safe, happy, healthy workspace, really. Then you've got to look at like packaging and freight because typically everything's packaged in a single-use plastic bag and then it's packaged in a single-use plastic bigger bag with 10 pieces and there's just so much single-use plastic consumed and then every it's all encompassing because then you'll look at brands focus on selling especially within e-commerce it's like buy it now if you don't like it send it back but what they don't say is what they do with their returns so they might burn them or they might just chuck them straight into landfill because it's cheaper for them to dispose of the product as opposed to going through the qc checks to then resell it to someone else which is just absurd. That's yeah, I interesting. Think it's overwhelming as well. Yeah, I didn't realize they did that. You have synthetic component in your fabric. It's called yeah. recycled plastic. Can you talk about that? 
little 101 with fabrics. Um, like it's complicated as well because I think you could say anything and then it can be taken out of context. Like it's like uh, the majority of our line is synthetic fabric, but the reason why we use synthetics is because we need it for the performance. So you can either have natural fabrics that are like your wool and cotton, hemp and silk, and then you've got your synthetic fabrics, which are like um, acrylic, polyester, nylon, spandex, those kind of things that are man-made as opposed to grown in the earth. And so synthetic fabrics are really great for the durability and for the high performance qualities, like being sweat wicking or waterproof or being super durable um, versus your natural fibers for a bit better for essentially like day-to-day fashion where you don't need the performance. Uh, it's just easier wearing, but they're essentially designed for different applications. So our product line is designed for sports or for outdoors or for where you need those technical elements from the fabrics. The fabric that we predominantly use is a recycled polyester. So that's made from recycled plastic bottles. This way we can make a raincoat that's waterproof and windproof and breathable and really lives up to like what it needs to functionally. I'd love to be able to make really technical performance gear from like natural fibers, but it's just not possible at the moment. Technology is always changing within fabrics, which is pretty exciting, but we're not there yet. If you have to use synthetic fibers from a technical or performance perspective, it's on your job as the company to find the least impactful raw material to create the synthetic fiber. Yeah, ours is made from recycled plastic bottles, a significantly less impact um, across carbon, across water. Um, We're not using oil to create the fabric we're recycling like the plastic waste that obviously we have so much excess of so there's definitely a lot of benefits it's not a perfect fabric but there isn't a perfect fabric so i think it's a bit of a playoff um we're also toying with the idea of like um starting to plant trees to help further offset our impact and how we can increase that in the future as well so you're going to give back to the planet through trees and hopefully keep your athletic wear line sustainable by using recycled plastic yeah absolutely so to date i think we've recycled a bit over seventy-five thousand plastic bottles which is pretty exciting and for the month of november we were planning 10 trees for every order um which i think will continue next year in a slightly adapted format but yeah it's just always looking at like how can we further reduce our impact even as a really small company with that being like within our fabrics uh, within the factories that we work with within our packaging like everything's um home compostable um made from cornstarch we don't use any single use plastics in our entire uh, supply chain the only plastics that we use is like we've got toggles on like the hoods of our raincoats and then also like the zippers which is minuscule but yeah really just identifying all elements within the supply chain it's like what can we do now and then what can we improve in the future so next year we're introducing recycled and biodegradable label which unlock different opportunities the more you grow but then it's a bit of a payoff in between you're creating more impact, but then perhaps you can educate more customers about the impact they have. Obviously, people purchase from many different brands. So how can you educate them how to choose better, not just for my brand, but wherever they shop? It's like, hang on, how come this pair of jeans is $7? Like there's definitely a level of privilege that comes into the sustainable conversation. But what's the best that you can do? 
perhaps it is purchasing one pair of $30 jeans instead of three pairs of $7 jeans within your ability and your level of privilege that you can make an impact or maybe it's educating yourself about the issues. So you're saying there's always a price to everything. So you need to ask yourself what the price is that a seven pair of jeans isn't what it appears. And you have to ask, okay, what's behind it? And what's a price of buying something that cheap, which is maybe impact on an environment or impact on child labor and so on. And if you are okay with that, you probably will buy it. But if you have a conscience, maybe you say, I'll spend a little bit more so I can avoid those problems that I'm helping to encourage and sustain. Tied to this, that you've talked about the importance of a traceable supply chain. Why is Mm -hmm. this important? Because I think without transparency and accountability, there's just no pressure that you can place. Most brands in the world exist for profit over purpose. Like it's impossible to then go and audit a company if you don't know where their uh, factory is, which I think is why it's really important to have um, like third party accreditations. So it's not the brand just saying, oh, we went and did our factory checks on our announced dates. Yes, everything checks out. There were no children working on that particular day. When it's like when you read a bit more into the topic, it's like, but factories can clean up the act for a day or they can actually show you a different factory and not the real factory or not the outsource workers or all of these things. So I think it just creates, yeah, like the accountability and transparency that the industry needs. I think it's really cool that some companies are like, they have like a B Corp certification. So it's like you do have to balance your profits with your purpose and people and planet, which is a really interesting concept because otherwise I think it's just such a complex supply chain that too many people can get taken advantage of pre-customer and then the customer has no idea about it. I think what's exciting is that the new and upcoming companies are showing that that's possible to have a transparent supply chain. What about funding of your company? I thought that was a very interesting story. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, definitely. So we started with a crowdfunding campaign um, two and a half or three years ago. To be honest, like back then, I didn't know anything about building a company i'd always worked in fashions knew pretty well how to design a product from initial sketch to take it through to sampling and bulk production and freight and bring it through to the shop floor but in terms of like building a brand from scratch i was definitely learning so crowdfunding was a really great way to um, not only like validate the idea but then also for capital essentially it's a pre-sale campaign you might give a little bit of a discount and then you're creating your um, initial supporters and cult following of the brand, of the brand, which is so helpful because then, like, I've got them in a little um, design team, which I can now reach out to. And it's like, oh, I'm thinking of creating this particular blue shade for the, our next, like, leggings collection. Would you prefer this shade or would you prefer this one? Or now that you've received your jacket, would you prefer if we had a zip pocket or a snap button? Or you're essentially, like, increasing your feedback loops really so they're invested in the company and they love what you do they feel involved it's also crowdfunding is really good for media attention building brand awareness and credibility because otherwise they think it can be super tricky if you are launching and you just don't have much money behind you like first you need to pay for the product but then also how is anyone going to hear about you or why should you care versus i think Crowdfunding has got that novel aspect. It's like, oh, we have to make this much within this many days. Otherwise, we can't exist. Then people share it and they care about it. 
And generally, it's companies that have a really innovative product or they're wanting to do something good for the world. Definitely recommend crowdfunding. It is interesting how you have a built-in community who's committed to seeing your idea, your vision through, because they believe in it and that's something that they want to realize and make happen. And I think it's important to recognize recognize as well how everyone can have impact within the world like we don't need a million more or even 10 more like sustainable t-shirt brands like there's perhaps the best way that you can create change in the world isn't by creating another product so perhaps it's purchasing your toilet paper with a sustainable ethical brand or perhaps it's donating to a local outdoors group that's more inclusive for minorities, or like there's just so many different ways you can create impact. You don't necessarily have to go and create a product to create the impact, because once you create the product, then you have to go through the whole learning journey of how on earth do I build a brand and how do I market this product? Well, you make a good point. Crowdsourcing may be much easier, and you still stay a part of the entire community of seeing it through that may be the way to go how do you see sustainable fashion going in the future it really depends because i guess there's a role to play for government for industry bodies for large corporations small corporations and consumers end of life recyclers like there's so many moving parts okay in terms of innovation (laughs) (laughs) like yeah i totally understand there's so many changes that need to be made on multiple levels But where do you see innovations tied to sustainability and fashion? Because it seems like a lot of people are getting really creative and thinking about how to solve this problem. A couple. But within fabric innovations, like there's some really cool stuff getting created. Like you can make fabrics from recycled plastic bottles right now. You can also make it from seaweed. You can make it from cactus and soybeans and coffee beans and all of these raw materials that have a significantly lower impact. So I think there'll be continued innovation within the fabric space, reducing our reliance from conventional synthetic fabrics that are made from petroleum. I think there will also be a huge shift to end of life within product. It's like, how do we recycle this or repurpose it? And also hopefully a massive reduction in consumption because the way that we're consuming, not only within fashion, but within all of our resources, within the planet like it's just not sustainable like we've got that earth overshoot day and it's something around about july so i think we use about two two times the amount of resources that we have on the earth each year and that's only getting worse each year so that's obviously not sustainable so we need enormous change it sounds like maybe we can have biodegradable fashion that's fast so you wear it and automatically biodegrades after not too quickly (laughs) but yeah absolutely i guess like natural fibers anyway you can do that if depending on the thread that it's been sewn with and the care labels and those kind of things like you can pop an organic cotton or a hemp t-shirt into your compost and it will compost it will take time versus like you can't put a polyester t-shirt into landfill or the compost and it just won't degrade so then it will just be stuck into hundreds of thousands of tiny little plastic pieces but yeah there's huge opportunity in that area where can people purchase your product line teamtimbuk2.com t-e-a-m-t-i-m-b-u-k-t 
you. Also on Instagram, Facebook at Team Timbuktu. We always love it as well when people jump into our like inbox or um, yeah DM us and ask a little bit more because I think it's so great when people are like, who made your clothes or tell me more about the factories or the countries that you um, work with to create your product. Like it's so hard to build a sustainable brand. So I'm always so happy to help when people do reach out because if I can give you some advice about this um, more sustainable packaging, maybe that's just one less thing or one less hurdle that you have to overcome. I love the sustainability messages that you have on your social media because it really does raise awareness as to what's going on in terms of the materials, what's doing to our environment. It's done in a very inspirational way where you you think about it and you're like, oh, okay, I could do this differently. I just want to say that I thought they were very well done. Thank you for joining me on Spark today. Thank you so much.